We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light years. We are recording this Sunday night, June 6th. Game ones. This has been a pretty entertaining playoff, Sandy. I think I think you can admit, despite our disappointment with the Warriors, this has been some entertaining basketball. I feel, I hope the Warriors organization is learning from this and seeing kind of how the games evolve, but I am enjoying the basketball on many levels in this playoffs. No, no more than 10 seconds in. You're you're on brand. You're already talking about how the Warriors front office needs to prioritize uh prioritize shooting actually now that you meant before we get into that uh, i need the listeners to prioritize uh the light years merch store um we have that up you can find that on sam and i's twitter or the light years pod twitter feed uh sam created a link tree he's older than me but he knows how to use that i don't even know what a link tree is but hey it has all the fun stuff you can get a link directly to premium you can get a link directly to the merch store we have our shirts up we're creating new shirts right now um, we got a live draft show that we're going to be throwing out there in the next few weeks, you know, announcement coming, all types of fun stuff. So um, you guys uh, go ahead and uh, get on that, get on the uh, rate, rate five stars, um, leave a comment. We still have we will, to give out a free shirt to the last person. So no, we're excited. We will be giving out a, a, a free shirt to the best comments left on our uh, Apple store reviews do us a favor and put your twitter at there so we can find you afterwards if we like your comment um but let's get this show going yep you did mention this and uh there will be news next week there will be a live draft show in san francisco but you know we're still two months away from that so we don't have to get there now getting back to the playoffs i i want to start on the nets and the Bucks game because I feel like that's like Warrior Twitter bait right there. That's Warrior fan bait. You got Mike Budenholzer, who is a Spurs disciple, does a lot of Steve Kerrish things, and then you got the uh, the Nets, who have our old friend Kevin Durant and coached by Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni on the assistant. Maybe a little different idea ideologically. So I feel like that's the most interesting series to start with. I was so excited for the series Saturday night. It was a four 30 game. I would just, I cut my day short. I was like, I gotta be home. I gotta be home. Whatever we're doing right now, I gotta be home. We got to watch this game. And I, I don't know, like it, the first half, 
it 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 kind of lived up to the hype to me. It, it lived. It was fantastic, right? It, it was two different styles at it, but you can kind of see in the postseason. I think you made this point a few weeks ago about how, hey, end of day, everybody plays hard. Everybody plays hard in the postseason. So talent's most likely going to win out. That happens a lot in basketball. I think more, maybe more so than other sports. You can see that with, with this game. Like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are as, as awesome as they are, as much as NBA, hardcore NBA fans love talking about how underrated Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are. They're, they're not ready. They're, they're just not good enough for the big stage. And I think you just see that. It's it's on it's kind of that simple. And you're watching Kyrie and KD, and you just see those guys. They're just masters. They're yeah, just I, untouchable. I, and I have a different take for you because, for me, what was frustrating was one team had urgency and the other team had no urgency. And it's okay to lack that urgency when you are um, – going through the regular season and playing the process and doing all the things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, matter and getting through the long haul, which is like managing minutes, but KD and, K- and Kyrie played 40 plus minutes. I thought the game was lost in the second quarter when mm-hmm. Giannis sat for seven minutes right there. Mm-hmm. And they went from a uh you know they went from taking the lead to all of a sudden brooklyn having the lead and everything and that is where i think it is most interesting analogous to the warriors because i feel like that's how warriors fans felt throughout the regular season watching uh the warriors throw games away because there was a level of let's sit to the minutes limit let's do things by the book there was no chasing the wins with the bucks the Milwaukee, or sorry, the, the Brooklyn Nets were chasing wins. Now, let me, okay, I'm going to go down with you in this path. I, I it, it did remind me of Steve Kerr saying, um, I don't know if this was on record or not. I'm pretty sure it was. But he was basically saying, like, hey, we know that we're going to wear Houston down. We know they're going to wear themselves down, right? We know that that James Harden playing this style, Chris Paul playing this style, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Like, this isn't going to work on a, on a six, seven-game series. To me, doesn't that feel like that's what Budenholzer is thinking? Like the the way that that it, game it is, went, it does. Doesn't it? Like yeah. you you know the Bucks strategy is we're going to outlast them. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. yeah. But what makes it difficult for me is, and it's only been one game, mm-hmm. and maybe we look foolish in two to three days. I don't think Milwaukee has the talent advantage. That, I think it's okay. I think it's okay to take that strategy if you have an overwhelming talent advantage. Yeah. Like yeah. I I think. As we get three years away from that famous 2018 Rockets Warriors series, I think it's fair for Warriors fans to say, I think the Rockets might have won schematically, but the Warriors outlasted them and won on talent. Like, I think the Rockets knew what the Warriors wanted to do and had the right strategy. But at the end of the day, talent won out over seven games. And part of that was Chris Paul wearing down, right? Part of that was yeah. Chris Paul getting hurt. And so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the Warriors going into 2022, sorry, 2021-22. It's highly unlikely the Warriors will have overwhelming talent. I think they'll have talent to compete for a title. I, I do agree. not think they will have the 2017 Warriors where you might have had the greatest assemblance of two-way talent ever created, right? where they have to play the margins a little more. And based off of what we saw this season, I just have questions if they're willing to do that, if they're willing to 
sacrifice principles to get little W's in the margins. Yeah, that that game did remind me so much of the Warriors. Giannis sitting there on the bench. He played the whole fourth quarter, uh, but he sat out the third quarter. But by he the played, fourth, Brooklyn was up pretty comfortably. It was over. It yeah, was yeah. yeah, it was you over. You just don't want to be trading buckets with Kyrie and KD because like and, it, you're gonna lose that kind of game. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and their defense, which is look, I picked the Bucks to win the series. I am rooting for the Bucks. I, I really enjoy watching the Bucks play basketball, but you, you watch them and your this defense isn't good enough. Isn't good enough to contain KD and Kyrie. Now I will say the the minutes all, that we're also missing like the overarching point, which was Harden went down. Harden didn't even one. play. He didn't yeah. even. Yeah, he didn't even play. Uh, Harden. Uh, I remember watching KD and Kyrie in the first half and thinking to myself, "Damn, did they play the entire first half?" KD played 21 minutes, so he sat three minutes of the first half. These guys came out there, and I remember at the end of the game, uh, Steve Nash uh, or the announcer said. Nash wanted to take KD out, and KD said, no, I'm staying in, right? So classic, like, hey, the star player wants to play the minutes, and Steve Nash saying, okay, I'm going to go ahead and let him play the minutes. To me, it felt like the uh, KD and Brooklyn kind of knew, like, this is game one. We have a chance here to kind of put our footprint on the series. We're not letting this game go. We don't know how long Harden's out. I think Harden's done. Harden's, like, Harden's done for the postseason, or at least done for the series. You win game one. And you were saying, you were all over the fucking timeline talking about, if this is game one, you go for the win right now. You don't play to win game seven. Like, this is not how basketball works. You're not running th- a marathon here. I think that, that was the doing. most frustrating thing about what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks, which was you don't know that Harden's out game two. Now we do now, but you don't know how long Harden's out. You have to win that game immediately. Even so, because yeah, even gave, so. You just gave Brooklyn life in telling them that it's like they lost Harden. It doesn't matter. They can win right now. So I think they gave brooklyn life in that game and they didn't have to do that they would have been so much better suited going for the jugular playing Giannis a little more now the counter argument would be if they panicked and chased that game and lost it then everything would be so much worse but i we just a track record for the milwaukee bucks of not chasing those in the postseason it tells us that they should have done it there now also i i kind of i i don't want to a pile too much on the Bucks because I feel like even if they chased it, maybe they win game one. Great. I still think they lose the rest of the series. Just watching that game, the defense that they had isn't good enough. It isn't good enough. Like K, K didn't even shoot well. And they were un- absolutely unstoppable. Nick Claxton, Mike James, Bobby Brown, like these role guys, Joe Harris, these role guys were, I'm just watching those guys like, damn, like these guys look like they're ready to play in the NBA finals as, as kind of first, second, third year guys. So I think even if the Bucks at one game one, the, the Brooklyn Nets look like their offense is so damn good, Sam, that I don't think it would have mattered. Like, they probably win this thing in six tops. That's what it felt like to me. That talent is just too much. It did feel like Brooklyn was a tier above them. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way. To me, the interesting thing is the difference in coaching philosophies here. And I don't want to make too much of it, but it's a question. it's a question for you. Are you losing faith in kind of the pop disciple tree who everyone who tries to do things like Greg Popovich, but you're not Greg Popovich and you don't have the 2014 Spurs team. Like it's all well and good to chase or sorry, to play the long game with no one going extended minutes when you have a deep team like that and you're coached by maybe the best coach ever. Right. But when you're not that coach and when you don't have that assemblance of too deep talent should you really be coaching a team like that in the playoffs to me it almost feels like it's a case by case with these coaches some coaches are more stubborn than other coaches 
um, maybe are you maybe like the cases that these pop disciples are more stubborn than the ones that aren't like, is that the case? I, I don't I don't know. But it feels like when you're so married to the system that makes these players so great, then you're kind of relying on that. Same with like the Brad Stevens types um, and same even kind of with the Spo types. I, you you listen to uh, Miami Heat bloggers and, and reporters and, and their fans, you know, they, they get kind of annoyed at Spo kind of keep keep running that system. Um, that that may not work, right? And they got swept out of the playoffs this time. So I, I don't – it feels like the stubbornness to keep within that system is the problem. I think what was the most – what was the coolest thing is that Steve Nash kind of seems like he doesn't have an ego. He said, we go out there, we run whatever style Katie and Kyrie likes, likes now. Like, Katie and Kyrie probably picked Nash because they knew they could do that all day long. That's one of the other things. But, yeah. Um, right. It, it feels like to me that Nash is kind of, or Dan Tony in this case, right. Who's also on the bench is kind of just saying, Hey, we're going to play whatever style that you want to play. Like part of Dan Tony's thing with Houston was we're going to play whatever style James Harden and Chris Paul want to play. Um, we're not, we're not really doing my whole thing. Like I'll do parts of what I like, but that's not the end all be all. So I I'm with you. I think like these coaches that don't say, Hey, my system is the end all be all. Those coaches might be better just because they're willing to say, Hey, have the star players kind of maximize their their um, their strengths rather than kind of the the way we've seen with with these other guys and let's types. Let's talk about the uh, the Hawks and the the Philly 76ers while we have a few more minutes cool. before our special guest, the real corporate bro, joins us. Um, so everything we talk about the series, you have to mention the fact that Embiid's limited, and I think is I thought he played pretty good offensively, but like defensively, he could not move right. Um, and, and that's the injury limitation. Uh, our friend, uh, Dr. Nirav Handia pr- brings up the fact that like the injury has is, um, something you can manage, but you know, there's obviously some sort of limitations in his movement. So, so that sucks, but I'm watching the Hawks here and I'm just marveling at their depth of talent and just kind of how much skill they have on the wings. The thing I'm watching with them, I'm watching bogey. I'm watching Herder and I'm juxtaposing them to the warrior wings. And I'm wondering, do the warriors have it wrong? Are you better suited getting like a B plus offensive wing, someone who can pass and shoot and create like bogey is an excellent player, but he's not like a star, right? He's like a tier below that. He's like B plus offensively when like guys like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like guys like Kawhi and stuff are like an sure. offensively. Right. Um, and he's probably average defensively. Like you can hide him in a team scheme. He can do some things, but he's not a stopper, right? Are those players better than let's say Andrew Wiggins, who has a much higher defensive floor? Like he plays better defense than Bogey. No one is going to tell you that uh, Wiggins is a worse defender than Bogdanovich or Hurt or any of that stuff, but he's kind of averages offensively. He can hit some shots. But I don't think he can shoot the way that Bogey or Herder or those guys can. And I'm just wondering if the Warriors might have been better suited pursuing wings who are more offensively inclined, who they can coach up defensively, than guys who are defensively inclined that try to coach up offensively. Uh, and that's a great question. I, I feel like the I feel like this when I was watching Bucks and Nets too. It's I don't really care how good your defense is anymore in the NBA, unless you have LeBron AD. Right, and you have the plethora of wings that they have when they're healthy, and that's a lockdown. That's a championship defense. We and by and by the we way, the, and by the way, those guys want a title because they hit shots in the bubble. Sure, 
That's the sure. other part of it. But, yeah. but, but, but I think like you're not, if your defense is Andrew Wiggins ceiling type defense or Andrew Wiggins ceiling type player, I don't think that's good enough. Like you're not guarding Kawhi Leonard types anyway, whether you got bogey or whether you got Bojan or whether you got Wiggins, you're getting your ass torched in the postseason, right? But what's more important is you want a shooter that's more of the Bojan and Bogdan types, right? Like those guys, when those guys get a three-point open three-point shot, that thing's going in. That thing is going in. Andrew Wiggins gets an open three-point shot. Fuck do I know? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen. Love Andrew Wiggins. Great season. Had an awesome season. But your point is that offensively in those big moments, I'd rather trust that guy that can hit a shot because I think defensively it's kind of a wash. The 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 kind of um the delta there between your your bogey and your Wiggins is, is like sure defensively it may be bigger, but the offense is so much higher. Because I just I just don't think defense matters as much in 2021. Like it's just not that important unless you're Andrew Andre Andre Godala. Am I making sense? No, and that's and that's where it comes down to. I think the overarching point we're making is if you're gonna ref the games this way. I don't yeah. know how much yeah. being a good defender matters. You have to be an amazing defender. You have to be Draymond Green to really make a difference. Otherwise, I'd rather go with the better offensive player who's okay defensively. And by the way, they have to be okay defensively. We're not talking right. about like we're not talking about Lou Williams or uh, Jordan Clarkson or one of these guys who are like Steves. We're talking about like guys who are, I would say, competent to above average, but not like game changing. Yeah, maybe you're Luke Kennard. Oh, Luke Kennard had a good game tonight. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's my point, and it, it, it's it's something the Warriors are going to have to figure out this off season, and that's always what's on my mind with when I'm watching this, which is like they haven't gotten the balance right since KD left between offense and defense, and uh, it's tricky. If it was easy, everyone would do it, well, but you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm thinking it almost makes more sense to lean a little heavier on offense banking that you can coach up a team scheme than going the other way, which the Warriors did with a bunch of hyper-athletic defensive-minded wings who were incapable of making a decision with the ball in their hands. <laughs> well, and, and let's let's look at how the Hawks are built because I, I love this topic now because, you know, Travis Schlenk is, is the GM of that architect of that team. So they built it around Trey Young, who's, who's they compare it to, they compare him to kind of Steph, but he's more of a Steve Nash type. Um, they make the offense relatively simple with a kind of a bargain bin wing and Clint Capella, who they got for the cheap, who's awesome, blocks the brim. And then they drafted Hunter and Reddish, who aren't even playing, but they're three and D potential guys. So that's and then they got offensive Hunter, Hunter play. Hurts. Hunter Hurts because he was actually in the rotation prior. Yeah. Uh, um, and then you got and then you got your herder who's you know maybe the clay quote unquote shooter, right? And then and then uh, Bogdan and Danilo this is are kind of a poor man's Bogdan, right? <laughs> because uh and then and then you've got Danilo and Bogdan who are lesser defensive players, but but very, very good can hit an open shot on offense. I think that's a pretty good way of building a team. I wasn't a big fan of it before the season, but I see the light, Sam. I see the light. The other thing though. It to me is also like I mean it is the what Eastern Conference I mean let's yeah there's the a, there's, the there's a context thing I just think um, I guess my perspective and we probably should have led with this is I'm watching all these through the lens of what the Warriors need to look at going into next year and uh, we'll talk about the draft we'll talk about free agency we've got a lot of episodes to get into that but in the meantime I'm trying to enjoy this basketball we're watching and kind of make a point about what. The Warriors should do because I do think basketball has changed a little bit since the last time they built a roster 
And there needs to be some subtle adaptations to acknowledge that. Yeah, no, it's been, that's, that's, we'll see what Bob Myers does. The, uh, the, the playoffs have been amazing. They have been awesome. They have been, even though we've got the LA team, the Lakers out and, and. Oh, that makes it even better, man. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know, there's no LeBron and AD, right? Like some of these bigger names, there's no Steph in there, but. I mean, he's playing. I can't wait for the Utah series, Utah against the Clippers. I think it's fantastic. I think the Utah Clippers are similar to kind of the Bucks and Nets in terms of like you got one side who who plays like kind of a team style, right? They kind of grew up together, defense, uh, shoots a lot of threes. And on the other side, you got a bunch of superstars. So I think that's cool. I, th- I think that's a great, great series. Um, same with the Suns Nuggets and all down the row, down the line. All right, let's get to our special guest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now we got a special guest. Um, You know, a lot of people say the Light Years podcast is not that versatile. We just stick to two to three topics. We're about to show you our versatility here. Bring (laughs) on. uh, Some of you may follow him on Instagram as the real corporate bro, but I know him as a diehard warrior fan and someone who's had season tickets over the years, Ross, Ross, how you doing, man? I am doing so well. And yeah, I got priced out, but that's what happens when you move to San Francisco, you all get priced out, even if you hit quota. So yeah, that's what happened to me. <laughs> so, so let's start there. G- give us a like Bay your- guy getting priced. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah real Bay it's guy. not like I don't make nothing either. I just was like, as soon as the seat license came into play, your boy was fucked. I was out. <laughs> It went from like 12 grand for my tickets to like 35 or something. I was like, you know, we lost KD. I don't know if I can pay that much. I don't think we'll ever be this good again. <laughs> I remember D'Angelo, like, like, D'Angelo Russell is not going to need to take out a no? second mortgage. No, I was like, D Russ could be good on my fantasy team in the fourth or fifth round, but I don't know about paying for season tickets. I don't think it's, it's not a worthy investment. I'm a business school guy. So I got to be like, I sell the first couple rounds of playoffs. Oh, you want to go watch Memphis? Like be my guest. I'm going to no show ROI. up around three, four. Yeah, exactly. My, my, I remember my old VPs. I was like, oh, you guys probably make a shit ton of money. And when the season tickets came around for, for Chase and they would just be like, yeah, I can't afford it. I said, what? Like how much, how much could they possibly, possibly be that you cannot afford these? Too much, too much, man. And I was in a, I was in a business, business school class taught by Sam Hankey and uh, uh, Dave Cavall of the, of the, of the A's. Oh, Sam's favorite. Oh, Sam's no, favorite. Abso- yeah. Absolutely, absolutely and no Bob. one's favorite in this one. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I, oh, I, I got, yeah. We don't have to go down that route. We don't wow. have to murder <laughs> maybe, people. Maybe off record. Thoughts. Yeah. Some off record shit. But 
I mean, we, Bob came in and was talking to us and I asked, you know, I was asked the question. I was like, I've been at Oracle for the last four years. Like, how do you think people are going to transition over? He's like, oh, it shouldn't be like a problem. Like, you know, we, we believe people are willing to commute over like from, from Oakland. And I was like, dude, d- no, <laughs> the people I was sitting with in Oracle versus what I would get in Chase, man, different vibe, different mm. era, different time. So, so I want to say this though, because you, you didn't live in the East Bay. And I, I think I think the most common misconception it, about the move was like, oh, it's it's changing the fans ge- geographically. I'm like, no, nah, Oracle used to get fans from all over the Bay Area, yep. but up to a certain income level. You're, what you're changing is now you need to make seven figures to sit in the lower bowl at, at Chase, whereas an Oracle, if you just had like a decent job, you could sit in the lower bowl at least. Yeah, man. The thing I loved about Oracle is you walk in there, it didn't like matter who you were at that point. It's like, you're a Warriors fan. And like the people I was sitting around, I mean, those people, I mean, it was, it was definitely a larger range of income level. And like some folks who've been there for, you know, 20 years, like whatever it was, had been there for, for so long. And you just felt like, God, I went, I went to opening night at Chase and I got very like, I got to sit in a box sick. Yeah, I'm tight. But like, (laughs) watching us get blown out by the Clippers by like 30. We were like down like 20 after the first quarter. And I was like, times I'm really glad I have not, did not renew my season tickets. Uh, Cause this is going to be a rough one. But, but I mean, I, I just felt bad. I just like, there was something iconic. There was something different about Oracle and you could only explain it by having someone be there. And, you know, a lot of people say it's oh, MSG, like, you know, you yeah, yeah. like it, but like, God, it was so, it was just different at Oracle. It just hit different. So I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting to see a game that matters at Chase. Like, I know we got the playing game and, oh, God. Yeah. We don't need to talk about how it went, but, um, even I that, just don't even know if I wanted a playing game. I don't know. Yeah. But it was this like, it was like a flip flop have... of like a cock tease all year long. Like, are we going to be good? Are we going to tank? Are we going to go? For oh, this all pick? year. Oh, Who yeah. are we? Oh. What do we want to be? Are we trying to develop our young guys? Are we trying to actually win? Like, do they know what they want to be? I mean, that's a different question. I don't know. I don't know. That is a very good question. But one thing we do know, the only thing I think all Warrior fans unite around is we all approve of Clay Thompson getting Ooh. on Instagram live Ooh. in his on boat. his boat. <laughs> oh, at, I know. I know it at least crossed both of your minds once. You're like he's going to crash and break something else. Like, uh-huh. like, like point, I don't know where this is pointing. I don't know what this is. Well, how many knots are we at 20 knots? That's fast. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Well, I was shocked that clay knew how to, how to sail, how to be on a boat. But the other thing I thought was there's warriors PR must've been petrified. Like the, at any moment, clay might've pulled something out and done some or said very, something. a very I was non-corporate waiting for the blunt to come out. I, I was waiting, waiting for, the for the something else out. also to come out. I was like, he, Oh, there's he no kept way. stuff. I was like, dude, just say like, I'm about that shit. Like, yeah. just say, like, like stop pretending like you aren't just talking shit on the floor. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not about that, sh- that, that stuff. <laughs> Give us the uh, give us what the corporate leadership, just the anxiety levels of watching Clay, your you know fifty million dollar a year investment, driving his boat. You don't even know if he has a license while Probably he's on not. Instagram Live. Just the level of anxiety we would expect there. Yeah, I'm just like, please, like, be well grounded. No waves. Like, I don't, I don't need that Achilles like suffering anything right now. Like, I need this. Even though I do believe he's in shape already. I do like he's playing. He's doing this thing where it's kind of like 
let's get out of this first round so we can go get a pick maybe and yeah oh anyway trade 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 that damn pick maybe trade that yeah. maybe maybe package a young prom promising rookie i don't know <laughs> see if we can go win now with steph what turning 33 30, what is he 34 33 yeah. 33 thank you yeah i mean clay coming i is clay going to be like an elite defender Pro probably not but i think we know clay is going to be efficient he's going to score like it's an up it's only an upgrade so you got to win now you got a generational talent you got steph best shooter of all time hall of famer without a doubt like let's go let's go win now that's how it works that's how it works we're going to take these two picks and go develop them alongside play and steph no the lake of the lake of uh uh investment banker or or kind of uh vc kind of mindset hey i'm sure you know how that works is is oh, yeah. more it does seem like it's more of the well let's see how much value we can kick out of this or how can we make it so that we don't throw everything in at once uh now so that we can sustain this quote i don't know sustain whatever he wants to sustain for the next 10 years i, just, I don't know I don't know. But that don't mindset know. is not really the fan mindset, right? That's not really how we not like to all. think of it as, as a sportsman. It's just different. It's hard to watch the game as like a business. And it's like, it's the business school graduate. Like in me, I'm like, I get it. Like, I get it. You got to like put butts and seats and blah, 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 this and that. But it's like, like bigger picture, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you got three champions. Like, and you still got that core, the three, the big three, like go do something. Like I would never knock them for doing that. You know, we can always look in hindsight. We can look at all the picks that, teams have blown between like Brooklyn, Boston, and like, mm. you know, the Warriors, I like to believe, you know, at least when Jerry West was around, like they were going to make <laughs> right, a lot of right decisions. And I still believe they will, but I, I want to win now. I want to win with Steph as a fan and both like as G GM Corp, GM Ross, like right. I want to win now. <laughs> when are you going to get a Steph Clay Draymond together again? And I think that's, I think that's Nico the problem. not doing it. Repping gingers everywhere. Smiley's going to come into his own, be the centerpiece of a 10th seed in 2025. That's what that's we're building cute. towards. That's what we're building That's towards. so cute. <laughs> that's so fucking cute. No, you can't build this culture of winning and being absolutely elite. Like, you know, one of the things that like I struggled with 20, all my friends, they're like Denver fans, they're Portland fans, whatever. Everybody hates the Warriors. But of course, what was so hard is like, and I was there when Clay tore his, uh, his ACL and then hit the free throws. And like, I remember standing in my seat and watching him come back out there. And I was like, what people don't understand. And like general fandom, the dumbass fans, whatever, the mangy fans, they're just like, fuck the Warriors. We want the Warriors to lose. Like they're too good. And what sure. they didn't realize is they were watching the end of the single greatest like team in history. Like there was like a weirdly, for me, it was like an emotional moment of like, are we ever going to see basketball like this good again? Like, okay, we've got, we've got like Brooklyn going on right now, but like there was something beautiful. Brooklyn's, about a, bu the Warriors Brooklyn's a bunch of mercenaries though. It's it is. There are just a bunch of like ball, like heavy, like need a lot of touches, like whatever. They're going to be good. Like if they win, like no one's going to be surprised. But it's but not the, the Warriors. It was I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it, it was a different style of basketball. It was beautiful. It was it, yeah. Yeah. Whether yeah, you're I, on either side. I think about that game often because I was there too. And it was like, I remember when they lost, not really even being upset that they lost. I remember yeah. being like, it's the dynasty beat, right here. They, they didn't beat them. They literally fell apart. Like clay yeah. literally tore his Achilles. They were going to win that game. If he doesn't Katie was, comes back as her. Like, yeah, it was, it was one of those. Um, it's hard to explain because uh, I feel like the warrior fan perspective is they were never beat. Like you want to watch your team get beat. 
You yeah. want to at least like someone takes them down. You're like, all right, it, our time's over. This team is a formally better than us. They have proven it. And with the Warriors, it was, they just fell apart physically. Like no one beat them. No one proved that they could actually play better basketball on them. They just, I agree. they just outlasted them. Their ligaments outlast them, which kind of adds to the mystique a little bit, to be honest. It, it does. And I sh- it's just, it's so easy to like root against the behemoth. And like, I get that. Like, you know, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. Like, I just don't want to root for those like high salary cap teams, but there was something just different about the Warriors. And I know KD coming in, like tainted a lot of people's perspective. Right. Like I was shocked when KD came in. I was like, all right, like we're already really good. Why not like add the best, right? you know, one of the best players of all time. And I just like, there was just, and this is what you're always going to get with the masses. There was just a lack of appreciation for like what they were witnessing end in that moment. They were so happy about it. And I was just like, my guys battle. They came back out after tearing an ACL and shot free throws. Like they went out there hurt, like against doctor recommendations. Like they're just, they're gamers and they just want to play. And like, you know, now people love the words again. Oh, Steph's so fun. And like, right, like, right, right, like, right. Good. Right. Like good. Now that we're like fighting in the like, 10 seed and, I didn't even want to be in the playoffs personally as a fan. I was like, can we go get some picks, please? Like, stop cock teasing us. Get this you over know? with. You know, just, I, I just think get me Cade Cunningham so yes. I can trade him for get Kawhi me. Leonard. Please. Hey, hey, hey I'm, please. In. I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. I, 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 you make that point. I think that, that makes it even more obvious where you're like, you still, like, Clay's finally back. Knock on wood. You got, still got Draymond. You still got Clay. You still got Steph. Like, now, now that you think like, hey, the last time you saw these guys play together, 2019, they were on the way probably to, to make a 3-1 comeback, which would have been ironic and, and fitting. Yep. You have to give these guys another shot at it. You, you can't not do that. And I think that's the, the fan sentiment where it's like, I would say the only team that I've ever felt like that beat the, beat the shit out of this team was OKC. And, and, they, and, they, and they prevailed. And they won. And they did. Yeah. And they battled yeah. through that yeah. shit. And they and they won. And that's like, that's the only team that I felt was like, they beat the crap out of the Warriors. By the way, can we, can we talk about how much that annoys LeBron fans that to this day, we won't give them credit for 2016. <laughs> I It'll know. never happen. I, it's, it's, it's a sentiment. Like Andy's, Andy's point is not just Andy. It's like every Warrior fan I know will say like the, the only time they felt truly shook was when they went down three, one to and the players. And it yeah. didn't, and it wasn't like they were um, just beat because like Cleveland beat them, but it didn't feel yeah. like Cleveland was better. OKC made you feel like you were a JV team. It was oh, like, yeah. it was <laughs> like, oh God, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger at every position. Were you at those fun. games? You had those fun. games, right? Those were ridiculous. I, I was at one. I was at one. I sold the, I sold the other one. I, I, I'm like, like hot. T- I like watching on TV where oh, I can I just like, too. Like I can just see everything a lot better. Like I was kind of was a one fifteen. I was slightly off one. I was dying like forty five degrees off one of the baskets. Yeah. So I couldn't quite see what was happening on the other end. Um, you just gotta keep drinking. You'll see the rest. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was just like, God, they were just fun. They were just art. They were art in that moment. The way they moved the ball at that point, like I, you know, talk about that extra pass. You just like you look at the game now and like where it's gone from where the warriors were before and people like oh it's not like that much different like now it's just about the super team blah 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 but like there was something oddly poetic about those teams like there was all right ross you're you're a bay area guy through and through um i'm not gonna ask your exact age i assume you're in the same (laughs) age range as andy and me 
I'm motherfucking um, 32. There we go. Exactly. I lied and said 31 the other day, and I got called out for it. So oh, there's nothing worse than when you're lying to say you're younger and you are, and then you start <laughs> thinking to yourself, "Who have I come?" No, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, yeah. that's a different podcast. Um, Fuck. what I was gonna say is, uh, where does this warrior team? this core rank for you in terms of Bay area fandom, like relative to the Niners, the giants, like the various teams. Cause we've seen a yeah. lot of great teams over the years in the Bay area. Where's this one rank? God. I, I mean, I think I do think about like the giants and like the Lincecum era nope. as like, I got God. And I don't know if it's just, I, it's hard to say. Cause I don't know if like, San Francisco is, is a baseball town or a basketball town. I gotta I gotta say, if you're asking San Francisco, they're probably gonna go with the Giants in those. I agree. Those those even years. We don't um, even count the Niners, but yeah. Like, yeah, they, uh, yeah. They're, they're and, way above if they're good, but yeah. Right, and then then I gotta put this team. I I think there's just a different type of fan. Like there's just a different level of like knowledge and understanding to appreciate what the Warriors three that we currently have and did have. Right. Uh, you know, it was like, oh, like we know Barry Bonds. And that's like, oh, we know Tim Lincecum, the freak. And like, there was just something more. I, I think part of it was just like that Oracle was in the East Bay. And like, yeah. You know, you got a lot of the people in the We Believe, like sure, it's the Baron years. And it's just, I think you had to be a little bit more truly invested to like really appreciate what the Warriors have and did have in those eras. So I'm going to put them behind the Giants kind of dynasty, who I would honestly say is one of the worst baseball dynasties of all time to have went through. Of all, I damn near not, it might not even be like, I don't, I see. I, so I grew up here and it, it took a little more to be a Warriors fan because you, it, it was just, you had to love basketball first. You, exactly, like, exactly. That's the thing about the Warriors. Like you had to love basketball first. Exactly. Whereas in SF, you're just like, well, you're going to love the Niners and Giants regardless. But right. it was always a little different, which, which always was a little, like, I wasn't like, I didn't care too much when they moved to SF. I was like, oh, easier for me to go to games. Like I cover these games easier now, but now I don't even fucking bother. Just, just but, like, cutting an just, hour off your commute. Very for nice. me, it was like commute is <laughs> actually better for me. Like for right. most people, like, but for me, it's like, it's better. But, but, um, but Oracle did always the arena, like you're talking about, it, it played a little like a, um, it played a little like a like a bandbox kind of like you can when I went as a kid, it felt like you people were yelling like they were in front of their TV. Uh, that's what it felt like. They felt exactly like, it felt like they were like at home well, watching and, games. That was kind of the, the difference. But and into and, and I was gonna say to tie it home, like I feel like the Bay loves to think of themselves as underdogs. Like 100%. I was gonna say that. And like so part of I'll say this: like I'm not a Giants guy, I'm an A's guy. But like part of like Same. the reason that um, San Francisco people just adore the Giants teams that won three titles is they were never the favorite in any of right. them. So they got to play right. like you the got fucking Marco Scudero. Okay, oh my God, Freddie Sanchez, is, is Freddie is Sanchez, Aubrey Huff. <laughs> Jesus hey, we God. don't talk about, yeah, we don't bring up Aubrey. $13 anymore. million dollar Aubrey have to hit like yeah. 095. Yeah, That's we called don't a championship up. reward. Have your 14 mil or whatever his contract was. Pat Burrell, big Marina guys. You know, Pat like, the bat. We, yeah. Pat the bat. But, We've heard the legends. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard the legends. But, uh, but yeah, to tie, to tie it back, it's like that. I think that's part of the thing that's lost with, with Chase because it's like Chase is so, uh, and maybe it'll have the same atmosphere, but it just, it gives the feel of like the Lakers. Or it's corporate, man. Yeah, it's, it's super corporate. corporate. It's, it's it's not as bad as Levi. Levi's. Sure. Uh, I've heard but, it's bad at Levi's. Ooh. Oh, Levi's is like it's. I've never it's, been. It's it's so um, art, synthetic, artificial. It's just like 
and I love I love the Niners and I just I let me just go watch my red zone with Scott Hansen and I'll just be that's yeah <laughs> right and, and the parking I mean I don't know where you're at like it's parking I heard it's dude. just miserable to get I heard it's oh miserable it's miserable you got to find somebody who's got like a pass or or what I do is I <laughs> I get there late and I bribe some of the the like parking attendants like to let me park in a handicap spot just give them a 20 literally yeah, 20 yeah, is yeah. all it takes it's like done give me that spot <laughs> It's, it's like closing I, I a deal. Same thing. You start bribing. Yeah. You know? So hey, hey, what do you think about this? That blue spot with the wheelchair in it looks nice. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down. I, it's true, though, man. Like so much of a good sports franchise experience is like the heart and soul, and that's what we lost with Oracle. We did. We did. It doesn't mean I don't love like Dre and Steph and Clay and just the Warriors see, generally. See, I much. think they can, I do think they can regain it when they have the core because like ultimately the heart and soul of it is related to those three players Agreed. on some level. But when those guys retire, when they eventually retire and we get to like the new generation of Warriors, that's going to be fully corporate. That's going to be, um, you know, like Lakers ish and whatever you want to call it, where it's just like, you have this emotional attachment to that group you saw, but this is more of a scene. Uh, I mean, complete, I mean, even the way they're developing the area physically downtown right. is a scene to be a lot like, like Staples. And I, I like, again, the business guy in me is like, I get it. Like, I understand what you're trying to do, but like the sports guy in me, the, like the athlete in me is like, this, this, this ain't it. Yeah, you want you know. the you want the you want the whole show, um, or uh, the Warriors want a whole thing. Like they that area, they got the bar, they got the waterfront, they've got the. Yeah. It's it, I mean honestly, they're investing the housing it's, there, like even the beautiful. housing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's amazing. It, it's kind of funny because the Giants bought up all the Mission Rock area next to it. And it's like, yep. oh wait, like the Giants and Warriors are about to own like three miles of the city just basically yep. just wow. own all the land there and it's smart for both sense but yeah but it's different it, yeah I mean, but but it's just it it hits different it just does like when you when you know that so i you know like the diehards will be diehards you're always going to get the people in san francisco who have like heard of and they've heard of steph curry so like therefore default they're warrior fans and it's like with any team there's a band any successful team sure. there's a bandwagon like period and i'm just like I, i'm kind of over the whole bandwagon like rigmarole like that's just yes there's bandwagon fans no shit there were bandwagon giants fans there's bandwagon brooklyn yeah. fans who didn't even know new york like had a second team like the a's could use some bandwagon fans let's get <laughs> you're like come on come on guys God. match up is kind of sick guys yeah before we get out of here ross is there anything you want to plug tell people where they can find you tell tell people we should have probably led with this what corporate bro is all about it's the it's the best or actually i'll let you do it since it's yeah i mean i'm not great at this like i'm a you know a career enterprise sales guy in the bay area i worked for oracle yes like the arena that's actually a company that does stuff (laughs) um and i make a lot of sketch comedy kind of commentary on the silicon valley and Bay Area and sales life, which is not just the Bay Area. It's obviously like a lot of people sell stuff around the world. And so that's kind of what I do. I was a season ticket holder from 15 through 19. Uh, big sports guy. I, you know, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn. I like to troll people on LinkedIn because they all got to be professional, but I don't. So it's <laughs> it's it's big. It's big on there. Well, uh, for bro did, did put up a good, uh, it, there was a good topic one time of you going at a guy who said he hated uh, cold callers or hated. Oh, uh, I went to That town. was a very good one. That was a I went to oh. town on that guy. Ooh. That, that guy didn't realize who paid his salaries, which was <laughs> the salespeople who closed oh. deals for him so that yeah. he can have a job. Anyway, we don't have to go into that, but good times. 
you know, big Warriors fan, big basketball fan. I'm just, I'm, I'm deep in it, deep in the fantasy game. Um, Appreciate it. Just an honor to be here, frankly, to be talking <laughs> with you guys. You guys have like a very big following in there. And, uh, it's funny, you guys have tweeted at me a few times. I was like, damn, that'd be sick if I could get on that. <laughs> I love that shit. I love that shit.